630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Beautiful people. I know you had to go a week without canned hams. Well, they're back. I'm back on Inside Sports. Thanks to Dave Campbell and Brendan Escott for filling in for me last week. We got a game in the CFL tonight, halfway through the first quarter. Winnipeg with a pick six touchdown. So they are leading Toronto 7 0. The Elks will go for their second victory of the season. That is on Thursday on 6.30, Chet. 5.30 for the countdown to kick off the game at 7. We're going to talk a bit about Trey Ford tonight, the uh, new quarterback for the Elks who got a win in his uh, debut as a starter in Hamilton on Friday. And also Brady Sherman's going to be on the show who had a big interception in that game that kind of got the Elks comeback going. And don't forget between 7.30 and 8 tonight, it is the Elks this week with uh, Morley Scott, and he'll have a bunch of special guests and interesting chat to keep you informed on the green and gold. Okay, so a few things to talk about tonight, and I- I'm going to start here with just a little bit of news about the Edmonton Oilers, and if you follow them on social media, uh, on uh, Twitter specifically, and you might because the Oilers have almost uh, 905,000 followers on Twitter. So about three hours ago, they put up a picture of Ryan Nugent Hopkins kind of doing a fist pump, celebrating a goal and a little set of eyeballs. So what does this mean? Well, nothing's happening with Nugent Hopkins. He's obviously not going anywhere. He has a no move clause. He's fine. So Nuge is pictured in the Oilers Royal blue Jersey with the orange shoulders and the white, orange, white stripes on the bottom of the Jersey and on the socks. So I, I know this has been mentioned before. I don't I don't talk a lot about jersey stuff on the show. I mean, look, you can wear a jersey made out of sausage meat. You can go you can be like Lady Gaga out there. Wasn't that her that wore the dress made out of meat? Now I don't know if that would be allowed in the National Hockey League, but if you got a good team, you got a good team regardless of how you look. But I I know it's of interest to people and the jersey is a big part of it, the team's identity. And this is the Oilers classic look, the one they wore through uh, the 80s and most of the 90s. And then once we got into the late 90s, the Oilers started tinkering with their jerseys a little bit. But here's what we're, I, can, I can tell you likely for next year for the Edmonton Oilers. The, the royal blue jersey with the orange and white trim will be the uh, primary home jersey. The uh, navy with the highlighter orange, as Jack Michaels calls it, and that's the one that doesn't have any white on it, and that's the one that I like simply because the numbers are really easy to see from up top in the press box. I know some of you like that one, some of you don't. That that one is going to be an, an alternate, and there's probably going to be another alternate as well, then plus the road white jersey. So it's very likely that next year the Oilers are going to have four jerseys, but the home um primary jersey will be I, I guess we'd call it the classic Oilers look the royal blue the uh, big orange on the shoulders and white 
and uh, orange stripes on the lower portion of the jersey and on the socks. So that's how the team is going to look next year. As for the players who are going to be uh, going to be uh, wearing it, well, that's something that's going to be answered, I think, in the weeks uh, weeks to come here over the summer. The NHL entry draft is coming up on Thursday, round one Thursday night, rounds two through seven. Uh, going to start at 9 a.m. Friday morning. So Stoff will have a full update for you for Oilers now on Friday with what the Oilers are doing in the draft. So anyway, just a, a little bit of Jersey note. I, I know some of you take a lot of interest in that and probably have opinions on what is your favorite Jersey, which one isn't your favorite Jersey, all that kind of stuff. So that that's what I'm hearing there. I know some stuff about the Royal blue coming back as the primary Jersey has kind of been talked about for the for a while, but that it doesn't sound like that Navy one with the high letter orange is going away. So, uh, so there you have it. I, Last week, I, I was uh, off work, uh, somewhat uh, detached from the day-to-day goings-on of the uh, sports world just because of some uh, life stuff and uh, other things I was doing over the past week. But I, I saw bits and pieces of what was going on. I, I heard bits and pieces of inside sports along the way, a little bit of Bob's show. Didn't get to engage quite as much as I, as I would have liked throughout the week. But I, I kept seeing the name, and I'm just thinking – coming up again and again and discussed again and again. And I, I guess there, there was still a lot of chatter about Yessi Pugliarvi last week. I know Escott talked about it on the show. Uh, Stoff talked about it on his show. I, I did hear Bob's segment with Darcy McLeod, Wood guy on Twitter who does a lot of uh, analytics-like stuff. And I, I will say this, sometimes I troll some members of the analytics community a, a little bit, but there are a lot of really intelligent and astute people out there. I would put Darcy McLeod in that category. Now, don't tell Darcy I said that because that might go to his head a little bit. But he was uh, he was talking about Yessi Pugliarvi with Bob last week, and I'm just thinking, uh, like this, it just keeps coming up with this player, doesn't it? It just he's he's such a huge discussion point, and I and I guess that makes sense. I mean, it was a shocker back at the draft that the Oilers uh, got him where they did because everybody thought he was going to be taken by Columbus with, with the previous pick and Pierre-Luc Dubois was taken instead. And then Pugliarvi's here and then he's in, in the minors and then he's he's back up again and he's injured. And then he and his agents say, we're not going to play for Edmonton anymore. And then Ken Holland takes over. Dave Tippett comes into the coach. They bring Pugliarvi back and he's had some good moments and he's had some tough moments. The very latest here from Kevin Weeks, who's who's uh, done a great job transitioning from goaltender to broadcaster, gets a lot of stories, works very hard. He tweeted out about half an hour ago, I'm told the Edmonton Oilers are actively shopping forward Jesse Pugliarvi and there's some interest from clubs in market for his services. Curious to see if there's a match for potential deal between now and next week's entry draft. Uh, he meant to type this week's entry draft. He made a bit of a typo. It's obviously Thursday, Friday. So there you have it. And I think we've kind of heard that this is uh, going on, that once again, there's uh, perhaps been some fraying of the relationship between Pugliarvi and uh, and the team. And maybe this is a case where both sides just say, you know what, we got to start over. He He remains to me a confounding player. Now, I want everybody to listen carefully because I did not say bad player because I don't think he is a bad player. Uh, I, I think that there were uh, some other players uh, on the Oilers, even though they overall had a pretty successful season, that you, you might be sitting here reflecting on the playoffs a little bit and say, man, oh man, that, that that guy didn't really do what we were hoping he would do or what he was acquired to do last offseason, even though he was part of a good year for the team. Um, Pugliarvi 
at, at times did exactly what was expected of him. At, at times he didn't. And maybe that's where the frustration comes in because there, there were times where you saw a definite spark and definite competence from this player. If you look at the raw stats, he played 65 games. He had 36 points. He had 14 goals. His 14 goals were six on the team. That makes him a top, the, the, the top six winger. His 36 points, not bad. Ninth on the team. Didn't play the full season. Only played about three quarters of the season. Um, I, I guess the problem with Pugliarvi was the consistency. He started the season with nine points in his first six games. He played the, through February 17th. He played 46 games. He missed a little bit of time, but he had 28 points in 46 games. He came back. He missed a month. He came back on March 17th. He had eight points in 19 games, but only two goals. He was not productive at all in the playoffs. He had two goals and an assist for three points in 16 games. Here, here's the key, boys and girls. You can see Jesse Pugliarvi one way, and I'm sure many of you do, and you're welcome to get in touch at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way, 780-496-0063. But there are some realities here about how he is apparently currently perceived by the coaching staff. I remember when he came back on March 17th, and he'd been out of the lineup, and Yamamoto, Kane, and McDavid had had, had, had a good little run. They, they'd moved the lines around a little bit, and I was thinking, where's Pugliarvi going to come back into the lineup? And in, I thought they might bring him back on the third line and not tinker with what at that time was a very good top six. And they brought him back and put him on one of the top two lines, and I asked Jay Woodcroft about it, and he said, well, we see him as a top six player, so we're going to put him in the top six. Well, I'm going to tell you something. In the 16 playoff games, in seven of them, Jesse Pugliarvi played fewer than 10 minutes. And the most he ever played was 14 and a half. That tells me that the coaching staff no longer sees him as a top six player, even though he can be around half a point per game over the long term of a full season, even slightly better than that, I guess, if you give him 36 points in 65 games. So if he's not quite going to be used as a top six winger and not going to be relied upon in that role in the biggest games of the year in the postseason. Is th is this a player that you can keep waiting for, keep waiting for, keep waiting for to be consistent? Again, I, I categorize him as a confounding player because he can make some very good plays. I realize all his advanced stats, if you are into that, are, are very positive. I mean, his Corsi is over 58% in, in the regular season. That's incredible. Um, the, the last two years, if you look at the last two regular seasons, on the ice for high danger scoring chances, he's about plus 80. On the ice for 377, only on the ice for 292 against. That Behind only Connor McDavid, that's off that natural stat, stat trick site. Um, he's got a 60% a share of high danger chances, even when he's not playing with Connor McDavid. So the puck is in the right end of the ice when it goes in. But for me, what makes him confounding is that there are decisions that at times appear to be rushed, appear to be, quite frankly, nervous decisions, and appear, quite frankly, to be botched opportunities. And he, you know, two of the biggest body checks he threw in the playoffs were on his own guys. Uh, he made an odd decision when the puck got uh, cleared and he was back in the neutral zone retrieving it instead of handling it and slowing the play down. He fired it all the way back to his goaltender, Mike Smith. There, there are times when he just doesn't appear to want the puck on his stick and doesn't make a very solid decision with it. So I think he's an NHL player. 
does he necessarily fit on the Edmonton Oilers, especially if Evander Kane returns, which is still quite possible. We know that this uh, the grievance hearing with the San Jose Sharks might drag on until after free agency begins. And especially if the Oilers go out and get another top six winger, which is a, another very interesting little tidbit today that uh, Pierre Lebrun wrote about and Elliot Friedman mentioned on Bob's show earlier today, that the Oilers are talking a little bit about Claude Giroux, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent, 75 games last season, even at the age of four, he was uh, age of 34. Well, can you imagine if he was a four-year-old, he'd be really good, uh, put up 65 points. So anyway... Bunch of moving pieces for the Oilers. The draft is coming up. Will they? Uh, th- and that's another thing we'll dive into throughout the week talking about that. They pick 29th. They don't have picks in rounds two, three, and four. Could they trade that pick to maybe uh, recover some picks in rounds two or three? Could Jesse Pugliardi be traded perhaps for a second or third rounder? Many things, many things to unfold here. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, for sure, with the draft and free agency. Okay, again, happy to hear from you, 780-496-0063. We got uh, more with the Oilers to talk about, and, of course, the Elks. What a dramatic win on Friday in Hamilton. We'll dive into quarterback Trey Ford as we move along tonight on Inside Sports. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Black Ocean, cold and dark. All right, first quarter coming to an end in Toronto. Blue Bombers in control, up 14-0 on the Argos. Elks home to Calgary on Thursday. Head coach Chris Jones says uh, wasn't happy with the start of that game on Friday in Hamilton. Well, I mean, don't don't forget the first quarter and a half where I didn't even want to hardly look at the field. You know, I mean, we took we took uh, nine penalties and uh, many of which were in the first half. We uh, we played undisciplined football. We allowed them to uh, score a touchdown after we had them tackled on a kickoff. We had to go back and redo, and then uh, then we allow them to go down and run a kickoff back on us. And so again, we put put ourselves in a very poor situation on the road, but we were able to do enough things right in all three phases to uh, to win the game. Yeah, ultimately they pulled it out. Defense leading the way. Penalties a real problem for the Elks on Friday. Hopefully they can clean that up on Thursday here with Calgary coming to Commonwealth Stadium. We will go to the Certainty Hotline, and uh, we have Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, nice. Oh, we lost him. And he dropped, right. yes. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully Sir Robert will check back in. Haven't heard from him uh, in a while. So, yeah, the Elks getting that victory. And it, it, uh, when they announced Trey Ford as the starter, I, I was thinking to myself, okay, what's going to happen here? Is he actually going to play the entire game? Or is this Chris Jones saying, hey, Trey Ford is going to play the first whatever series first couple snaps and then Arbuckle is going to come in and then Trey four is going to be coming in and out as maybe a change of pace type guy. No, he played the entire game. Okay. We got Sir Robert back. I'll get back to my Trey Ford thoughts in a second. Sir Robert, you're probably, you're probably outside somewhere and you got bad reception. What's going on? Well, no, it's no, it's no, it's not, not, not being outside. It's having a, having a pair of a pair of headphones that are, wearing out i'll just i'll just put i'll just leave it at that okay <laughs> what's but, uh, on your mind man anyway i mean you know i guess I'm not, so, uh, my thoughts are i guess uh, like specifically are on uh, uh you know uh, uh yes he pull your 
Personally, for me, I like the player. I think at times he he has he has, he has shown flashes that uh, that he can play in the NHL. Now, personally, in my opinion, could he maybe be a top six player somewhere else? Maybe. Based on based based on some of the decisions I I see him make with the puck, to me he's third or third or fourth line at best on most teams. Now that being said, if you're the Oilers, if you're gonna if you're gonna move him in a trade, for me it's not as simple as okay, you know the first uh, the first the first team that comes along and inquires on him and says okay, we'll give you this or we'll give you that. The Oilers say yeah, sure. No, to me. It's got to be. It's if you're gonna if you're gonna trade him, it's got to be. It's got to be the right trade. To, to me, it's like second, second or third round, maybe fourth round pick if you can get that for him. So I mean, personally, in my opinion, I think if the Oilers if the Oilers can upgrade the top six, in my opinion, Poliarvi isn't back. Now, if they can't, maybe, maybe you have to keep him and you have to. You have to limit his minutes, I guess. Maybe you put him in the top. You start him in the top well, six if he's if, if he's showing. I don't know. I mean, here's, to here, me, here's uh, the thing, Sir Robert. They, like, I, I don't know how enthusiastic he and his agent are about being in Edmonton anymore. I mean, they did already ask out of town once, right? Yeah. So, you know how I, we don't know. Like, it, it appears from what we're hearing that that the Pulleyarvi camp would be fine with a trade. That's the impression I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. So so I guess like if you're gonna, I guess if you're gonna move them, and I guess if you're in uh, personally, if it's me and I'm in the I'm in the shoes of uh, of Ken Holland, I want I want I want somewhat of a I want somewhat of a decent return for him, right? Oh, like sure. second, like right. I mean, like I said, second or third round pick if you can get it. But yeah, I mean, but I mean, so I guess uh, I guess what I would say is, and I guess I'll leave it at this. If you're going to move them, in in my opinion, if it's the Oilers, uh, let's at least let's at least let's at least be sure that it's the right deal. Well, and, and this is the thing. I mean, I think the Oilers would like to get a player back who is going to be on the roster. And, and like I said earlier, they are not trading a terrible player. He had 36 points in 65 games, so over 82 games. You know, that's. <laughs> approaching 50 points like mid to high 40s he, he can get half a point per game he is not a terrible player I, at times I, I think he makes terrible plays quite frankly but I, I do not think he's a terrible player I think he's an inconsistent player and and has just the ha, has the ability to find some sort of a marriage here in Edmonton has time for that simply run out all right, that was uh, Sir Robert, 780-496-0063. That's also the number you can use. We will introduce you to Brady Sheldon, middle linebacker for the Elks, had a huge interception on Friday. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.